What a great time of worship, amen? <laughs> That's better. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. It is great to finally turn the page of the calendar over to a fresh new year. It is great to see so many of you here today. For those of you online, welcome to you. Happy New Year to you. Hey, I want to just say something specific to those of you online. At the end of my message, I'm going to say something just for you. I think you'll find it really interesting, and this is my attempt to put a hook to make sure that you stay to the end of the message, all right? So if we have not met by about now, you're picking up my Australian accent, and uh, I want to, before I jump into my message, uh, deliver a special love and greeting from our senior pastor. Uh, Benji's doing great. He has uh, just mild symptoms. Many of you have been praying. Many of you have been concerned. I want to tell you from him that uh, he appreciates your prayers. Please continue to pray uh, for a speedy recovery. Uh, but there is no reason to be concerned. He's be back on his feet real soon. In fact, He's been sending me text messages saying he's using this downtime to have movie marathons, right? So uh, thanks for your prayers, and he sends his greetings uh, to you this morning. Hey, so growing up, uh, my dad has been in construction my whole life, and often in Australia in summer holidays, uh, my dad would recruit my brothers and I to come out on the site and help him. But one particular summer... He came to me specifically, and he offered me a two-week apprenticeship. I kind of liked the way he delivered that, a two-week apprenticeship. I was pretty excited, so I said yes. He had uh, a big contract to replace the lighting uh, in an elementary school. So the first day came about, and we pulled up. Dad had arranged that there would be no other faculty on campus. There would just be he and I. And so he had me grab the ladder and the toolbox and meet him in this classroom, and he would go and switch the main power supply off. So soon enough, Dad meets me in this classroom. I have the ladder set up. He jumps up the ladder, and he takes down one of the fixtures, and he exposes these wires. I remember saying to Dad, does it matter that those wires are exposed? And he said, not as long as the power is switched off. So then he said to me, you know, reach down and and grabbed me a wrench there and handed it up to me, and Dad grabs this metal wrench in, in one movement. Well, meanwhile, there was a studious faculty member who realized there would be no one on campus this day and decided that she would come and do some work at school. Upon arriving at the campus, she found that the main power supply was switched off, and so she commenced to switch it back on. At that very moment, my dad with a metal wrench touched live wires and a massive crack happened and he was flown from the ladder across the other side of the room. You see, at this point in the story, what you need to realise is the power supply in Australia is 240 volts, not 110 volts like it is here. So my dad shakes it off. He comes to, I'm leaning over the top of him, and he says to me, if you want to be my apprentice, there's two things you need to do. One, go turn the power off, and two, don't tell your mother that this happened. <laughs> now, 
my parents are watching this morning from Nashville. And so, Mum, look, this happened 30 years ago. Don't give Dad the glare right now, okay? So I remember that when I leaned over my dad, that was the day that I made the decision not to follow in my dad's footsteps. But he had allured me with this offer for me to be his apprentice. Now we all know what an apprentice is. An apprentice is someone who makes a deliberate decision to follow someone that they could become like them, that they could master their trade or uh, their skill or their craft. An apprentice is just simply someone who has deliberately decided to follow. Now, in the Bible, the word uh, apprentice is often translated as disciple. In fact, it's recorded 269 times in Scripture. Jesus never uses the term Christian, but over and over again, he uses this term apprentice, or as we translate, disciple. Now, if you are a Bible person, you'll remember this passage where Jesus brings his first disciples, his first apprentices, and he gathers them together for the last time in his earthly ministry. Recorded in Matthew 28, 16, this is what he says to his apprentices. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples, apprentices of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He said, go make disciples of everybody, including you and I, we are called to be Jesus' apprentices, to be with him, to study him, to imitate him as we deliberately decide to follow Jesus. Now, what we've all witnessed afresh in 2020 is the very sad reality that the vast majority of people are not living as an apprentice of Jesus. They're not pursuing apprenticeship to Jesus. They're not part of a local church. You see this in so many ways. You see this in the spiritual languishing in people's lives. You see it in the breakdown of families and relationships. You see it in children who live with unbelievable pressure and many with levels of anxiety and depression. It shouldn't be like that. You see this in a culture of performance and materialism in the backdrop of a pandemic. It all results in all kinds of people living isolated lives all by themselves, some with all kinds of addictions, some with all kinds of mental health issues. You see it in the lives of people who live in the shadows, the people who are marginalised and simply not coping in the midst of a global pandemic. So what if... Apprenticeships to Jesus started popping up all over the place in 2021. What happens if more Jesus apprentices were coming into being in this year? 
What if Jesus was happening more than he ever has before? That thousands of people could turn to Christ just like millions have done through the centuries across generations so that thousands of people's lives, their wrongdoings got repented, confessed, forgiven and healed. So that relationships started to be restored. So that depression and mental health began being healed. So barriers began being torn down and people found hope in this world that is starving for it. What if the message of the gospel itself is simply the offer of the opportunity to live as Jesus' apprentice? And that offer would simply change everything. Now in this message, I wanna acknowledge the work of two authors, John Ortberg and theologian Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard writes about what is so profound in the offer of apprenticeship to Jesus. When he writes this, there is no problem in human life that apprenticeship to Jesus cannot solve. The reason the offer of apprenticeship to Jesus matters more than anything else is there is no problem it cannot solve. You can just list whatever problem you want. List off any problem that we face in this world, any problem that we see in this world around us. Greed, sexual assault, fear, violence, injustice, divorce, racism, neglect, bitterness, death, pollution, rejection, suffering, apathy, addiction, grief, mental illness, war, hunger, hatred. The list can go on, but it doesn't change the reality that apprenticeship to Jesus solves every problem that we face. Now let me flip this for a moment. This is so important. Human problems cannot be solved by human means. Think about it. There's all kinds of problems technology will never solve. There's all kinds of problems innovation will not solve. There's all kinds of problems that education will not solve, wealth will not solve, religion will not solve. Because human problems cannot be solved by human means. But there is no problem among human life that apprenticeship to Jesus cannot solve. That includes the forgiveness of our sin as a free gift of grace. That includes the great problem of death. That means we can live a Christ-saturated eternity. It includes any other problem any person is facing at any time, anywhere on this planet. Therefore, as John Ortberg writes, apprenticeship to Jesus is the greatest offer that has ever been given to a human being. Let me say that again. Apprenticeship to Jesus is the greatest offer that has ever been given to a human being. So let's get practical for a moment. How do we live out apprenticeship to Jesus? How at the beginning of this new year do we make deliberate decisions to live out apprenticeship to Jesus? In the next few moments, I wanna give you some handles that will be practical for living out your apprenticeship. 
How do we live as Jesus' apprentices, as new hopers? Well, the first practical way that we live this out is we reach, teach, and release. We reach people to introduce them to a life as an apprentice of Jesus. We teach people there is no problem in human life, apprenticeship to Jesus cannot solve. And we release people to be mobilized as Jesus' apprentices. Here's a real simple way of thinking about it. So in a triangle, there is the, the reach, the up, there is the teach, in, and there is the release, out. Up, in, and out. We would live out our apprenticeship to Jesus by reaching and inviting people, right? By teaching people and by releasing people out. First, the up relationship with God. We invite everyone to develop that relationship with God, a transforming relationship. To be an apprentice where one discovers how to arrange our lives around certain practices, around being immersed in the Bible and generosity and servanthood, around confessing so we can be increasingly, by the power of God, freed up and released from the entanglement of sin, that we can be categorized by people of faith, hope, and love. That's the up in what it means to reach people. To reach people, we live out our apprenticeship with Jesus. As Matthew writes in chapter 516, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. To reach people with the hope of Jesus, we need a commitment. The beginning of this new year to live in such a way where God's light is mobilized in our lives. Three quick aspects of being mobilized this year. Spiritual, social, and cultural. First, spiritually, we're praying that individuals will be reconciled to God. To be mobilized is to spiritually engage with God for those that you love, for those that He has strategically and deliberately placed in your life, praying that they would be reconciled to the God who loves them. We shine our light by extending dignity to every person's story and every person's journey. Hear that again. We shine our light by first extending dignity to everybody's story and everybody's journey. People experience the light of God the first time through Jesus' apprentices when we are at our best expressing dignity to their story and their journey. It's one where we respect people. Next, socially. Socially, to be mobilized is to shine our light in every environment. Think for a moment. Every environment God has specifically given to you, He has created and designed environments where people coming around you are impacted and influenced by the light of Christ. You have a calling to your environments. Every environment matters. 
Every environment has a fallen side and a redemptive side. In every environment, there are broken things that God is calling and deploying his apprentices to let their light shine so that all things can be made new again. Take a moment, think about the environments that God has placed you in, in your life. This is to be mobilized as an apprentice socially. Next, culturally. Let me flip the script here. There's three reasons that we often do not let God's light shine through us culturally. First, we go along with the crowd. We don't make a stand, we, we, we go with the flow. Second, we let sin dim our light. Behaviors, attitudes, decisions we make deliberately have an effect on dimming the light of Christ in our lives. Third, we ignore the needs of others. We ignore the needs of others. What if the invisible God is made visible by you and me? What if we are the hands and feet on this earth displaying and demonstrating the love and compassion of Jesus? Pastor Benji taught us in the Christmas services, the writer of Colossians declares that Jesus is the visible image, the visible icon of the invisible God. But think about it. Jesus has no hands here on earth, but our hands. He has no feet here on earth, but our feet. We are called to be on mission, to be mobilized as the apprentices of Jesus. So let me ask you a personal question for a moment. As the hands and feet of Jesus, as people who are the apprentices of Jesus, we are the ones who are making visible the invisible God to this world. When is the last time you've done a random act of kindness simply so you can demonstrate your apprenticeship to Jesus? When's the last time you've done a random act of kindness? When's the last time you sensed that you were ministering out of and being mobilized with your hands and feet to show the love and compassion of Jesus, your master? What else have we got going on? What is it that compares that we would say, I'm too busy for this or too busy for that? What's more fulfilling? What's more satisfying? What's more rewarding? What's more adventurous than being an instrument in the hand of God to shine the light of Jesus to this world that is thirsting for it? What compares? There's no experience on this planet that gets anywhere near experiencing what it is to be used by the Lord God Almighty. 
No experience on this planet that is like being an apprentice of Jesus and being his hands and feet and making the invisible God visible through us. Let me ask you again, when's the last time you've done a random act of kindness to demonstrate your apprenticeship? Next is in. This is where we teach people to follow God's word. We're invited into authentic community with each other to learn. It's why life groups are such a big deal around here. Because nobody grows spiritually all by themselves. If you wanna be known and, and, and know some people, do life with some people, if you wanna be in a circle where you can love and be loved, where you can serve and be served, where you can celebrate and be celebrated, that is in a life group. Life group is incredibly essential to apprenticeship with Jesus. Now we have online virtual life groups, we have in-person life groups, and as you heard about earlier, we're just about to launch the Rooted course, which is the ideal launch pad into community and into a life group. Again, if you want more information about that, just go ahead and text Get Rooted to 59769. Do that now, and you can hear more about what it means to get in a circle of people. Then we release out. It's very deliberate and very important. We open our hands and we release out. We release people into changing their world. Out is really important because get this, the church is the one organization that doesn't exist for its own sake. Take that in for a moment. The church does not exist for its own sake. We exist for the sake of others. We exist for the everybody's, for the people who are everywhere so that they can know the fullness of life lived in Christ. That's why what happens here matters, but what happens out there is where it really happens. It's about in our homes and in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, with our relatives. It's in our environments that we become world changers. Because here's the reality. If apprentices make no effort to affect the world around them, they personally experience little, very little of the kingdom of God expressed in their lives. That's challenging right there. Let me ask you, when's the last time that you would say you sensed a prompting from the Holy Spirit in your life and you acted out on it and you experienced the expression of the kingdom of God in your life. Or if I was simply to ask you today, you know, what kind of level of experience would you say is the expression of the kingdom of God in your life? Maybe you would say, I have very little awareness of the kingdom of God. 
When's the last time you heard God's voice leading and guiding you? What did God speak to you about this week? In your chair time with, a, with an open Bible and an open journal and an open heart towards heaven, what did you hear from God? The expression of the kingdom of God in your life. Would you say, I, I actually experienced very little of that? Well, then the challenge of apprenticeship to Jesus is there's a direct correlation between the effort that you're putting forward to impact, to influence, to affect those in the environments God's deliberately put lives in contact with you and how much you experience the kingdom of God in your life. This is the challenge of apprenticeship to Jesus. How would you answer that question this morning? How much do you experience the kingdom of God expressed in your life? I wanna round the last bend here and give you my final challenge and then we'll be done. You know, we live in a very unique time in human history. We all know that. The turn of the page of the calendar doesn't remove the reality that we live in in a global pandemic right now. We live in a unique time in history. And so within that, people these days are falling into kind of three categories of churchgoers. First, there's those we'd refer to as commentators. They are busy on social media. These are the people who just are talking about stuff, talking about churches, talking about how churches have responded to COVID, talking about this church has masks, this one no masks, this one checks temperatures, this one checks no temperatures, this one sanitizes seats and chairs, and this one doesn't, talking and talking about what churches are doing and what churches are not doing, the different things that are going on in the midst of what God is desiring to accomplish in his people. According to Barna Research, 32% of pre-COVID church attenders have stopped church altogether. Not engaging online, not connecting online, nor in person. A third of churchgoers pre-COVID have just fallen off have dropped out, are simply on the sidelines commentating. The second category is a group of people we call consultants. These are the ones who point out the things that are going wrong and need fixing. You know what consultants do. They point out what is wrong and have no responsibility, no skin in the game to help fix them. That's a consultant. They like they say, there is the problem. It's not my problem. I'm just a consultant. I'm just saying, here is your faults. Here is areas that require improvement. This is a consultant. A lot of people are describing the different things that churches are getting right and churches are getting wrong in the midst of this pandemic. A lot of people are consulting on churches. This is the kind of person 
we call a consultant. Third, the last category, and this is my clarion call to you at the beginning of 2021. Would you choose to fall into this category? The third category is people we call committed. Committed to a local church. Why does this matter so much? Is because we live in a time and an age where we are commitment phobic. Barna reports that those attending church digitally, only 35% have continued to stay engaged with their local church. Those who are connecting online, only 35% have stayed committed to their local church. And of those, there is a direct correlation to their commitment level because of those, 81% of those engage every single week without missing a Sunday. 81% of them. There is a higher engagement from those who have made the decision to be committed. You know, at the beginning of a new year, there is always this opportunity where we make some deliberate decisions in our lives. And here is a really important one. What will your deliberate decision be around your commitment to your local church? There's a lot of people holding back their commitment. They're wondering as they surf the internet, is there another digital platform, another digital offering from another church that's kind of more in fad, more flashy right now, and let's not commit Let's kind of just surf around some. One of the most countercultural things that you can do as an apprentice to Jesus is commit to your local church, in person or online. And say, God has called me to plant my roots here, to be part of this faith community, to bring all of my best to this community, to serve, to give of my resources, to give of my voice, my spiritual gifts, to be someone who says, you can count me in. Why are we so afraid to commit? Why are we afraid to say, you can count on me. Let's not be those people, 2021. Let's be people that would say, you can count on me, I am all in. I'm not a commentator on the sidelines. I'm not a consultant saying, there's your problem, not my problem, just pointing out what you need to fix. Let's be people who would say, I am committed, I am all in, count on me. I'm committed to the local church. <laughs> Something powerful when we're people who are absolutely committed. Now, if you're online, we want you. If you're here in person, we want you. But my call to you, my crystal clear clarion call is get plugged in. Get plugged in. Now at the beginning of my message to those of you online, I said 
that I would make a, some comments specifically for you that I think you would find interesting. So I wanna make good on that promise right now and I wanna talk to you. So the research says that 65% of people are digitally church hopping right now. 65% of people are church hopping right now and avoiding commitment. Not getting plugged in in a local church. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you shouldn't use the internet to feed yourself spiritually. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying know the difference between connection and just simply consumption. Know what it is to commit to a local church, to be connected to it, and not just be a consumer of content. My parents this week celebrated 49 years of marriage, and every week, every Sunday, they engage online with their local church in Nashville. Now, they're committed to that church. They serve there, they give their resources there, they're part of a life group there. Their church is a church that would call them committed, would call them people who have gone all in. And they don't miss a single week engaging online on Sunday mornings. But before their service starts at 11 a.m., every single week, they log on to New Hope and they watch our service. But there has never been a time that they have thought because they view New Hope service every week that they are committed or plugged in at New Hope. They're not dabbling in attending different churches and calling themselves committed. They know they've committed to their local church. And they also view our services every week. Because they know the difference, they're not dabbling with the kingdom of God. They have gone all in and they're committed to their local church. So maybe the beginning of 2021, you would make a decision to follow after Jesus like never before. That you would say, I'm gonna take my apprenticeship to a whole nother level. I'm gonna get serious about being an apprentice of Jesus. And then maybe your first step would be the very important step like my parents have made to commit yourself to the local church. To say, I am going all in. And whether that is online or in person, it's a decision that only you can make to say, this is the kind of person I wanna be in 2021. This is the kind of person that I will be known for as an apprentice of Jesus. I will be committed. Foundational to being an apprentice of Jesus is someone who is connected and committed to the local church. There was once a community of men and women who lived and breathed Jesus. They were his first apprentices and they went on and changed the world. And it can happen again. It can happen again when we remember there is no problem in human life. 
that apprenticeship to Jesus cannot solve. Yes? Yeah. Would you stand with me? And I wanna invite us into a moment of prayer. Let's go to God together. So in these moments right now, I wanna ask you just to think about your apprenticeship with Jesus. I want you to think about your relationship to the master of life, the one who conquered death and the grave, rose in victory and offers to you life and life to the full. In the quietness of these moments, as you just reflect on your relationship with God at the very beginning of this new year, making some deliberate decisions to say, I wanna adjust this area. Maybe in the honesty of your own heart, you would say, I've been a little bit of a commentator in 2020 and I wanna move to being committed. Maybe you would say, I don't want people to know this, but I've probably been a consultant. The depths of my heart, I've been more a consultant and I wanna move to being committed. Maybe some of you hearing my voice right now would say, I don't know that I've ever committed to being an apprentice of Jesus. I've never made a deliberate decision to say, Jesus, I wanna follow you. I've never made the decision to surrender the leadership of my life. And so in the quietness of this moment, I wanna encourage you to call out to God right now, to share of that desire to be his apprentice, to say, I wanna be your follower. You can do it right now. Or maybe you'd be a group of people who would say, I'm just a little discouraged in my spiritual walk right now. I'm discouraged in my apprenticeship. I thought I would be further along than I am. And so at the beginning of this new year, you just say a prayer, a fresh prayer of surrender, saying, God, I commit to you. I commit to taking apprenticeship serious. Those behaviors, those decisions, those sin habits I put aside. God, that kind of sin signature that I continue to return to, I'm gonna do no longer in 2021. I'm gonna be committed to being connected every single week, engaging online or here in person, but I every week will be all in in my local church. So Heavenly Father, all kinds of expressions from people's hearts being offered to you right now. The psalmist says that when your children pray that you incline your ear, that you lean in and you listen intently. And so Father, as prayers are offered from the expression of hearts, of honest reflection, honest evaluation of where they are in their apprenticeship, where they are spiritually, God, would you hear the prayers of your children now? You promised you'd do that. We love you for it. So we commit ourselves afresh, God. And I pray that as we say these words, I commit to being all in, 
that it would be words that we feel deep down in the water table of our souls. This is the depth of commitment that we're talking about. We're saying we're gonna run after you and be mobilized as apprentices of Jesus, that the world that hungers and thirsts, that is starving for the hope found in Jesus, are looking for our light to shine before all people, that they may glorify you in heaven. And this is our prayer, God. We love you, Jesus. You're our master, our leader, and our Lord. We give you our lives afresh at the beginning of this new year. It's in your gracious name we pray. And everyone agreed, said? Amen, amen and amen.